What's going on, good people? Welcome to Life School. I'm Reverend Kojo. I am your host. We've got a lot to talk about today. Look, Life School is not about getting your panties in a bunch. It's about talking about the hard-hitting topics that you're going through today. If you're struggling, I want to talk about it. If you're hurting, I want to talk about it. If you're just flat up confused, let's talk about it too. Why? Because this is Life School. Hey, good folks. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. I'm so happy to be back. We are in a new year. So happy new year. The year is 2018. Um, and and we, well, I just want to talk about some stuff. So I think the first thing that I need to talk to you all about is that this year for me, and this is not what I want, you don't have to do, you don't have to go and make this part of your reality, but this year for me is the year of immediate obedience. And so I, I think I need to tell you why it's the, for me, it's the year of immediate obedience. So in past years, um, it's not that I have been downright disobedient to God on most days. It's that when God speaks to me, often I sit there and try to rationalize what he has said. I try to bargain with God. And eventually I always end up doing what he told me to do. But sometimes it takes me so long to get up and to move that I feel like I've missed the prime opportunity to do what he's told me to do. And so I think the first thing that we 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 need to understand, you know, 1 Samuel 15, 22, it teaches us that obedience is better than sacrifice. And this is what it says in New Living Translation. But Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than the offering of fat rams. See, the longer you spend in culture and church culture, people would start to teach you to sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. And and life is full of sacrifice. If you want your marriage to work, you've got to sacrifice. If you want your friendships to work, you have to sacrifice. If you want your business to be successful, you're going to have to sacrifice some things. Life is full of sacrifice. But often we forget that obedience is a part of the equation. When God says go, you got to get up and go. When God says move, you got to get up and move. And, and that's hard, especially for somebody like me who thinks about everything. Everything is a drawn out process for me. And a lot of times I've made up my mind what I want to do from the beginning. But I spend so much time making sure that my first mind was my right mind. And so often I'll have a decision that I have to make. But it'll take me so long to make the decision that I'll miss some things. So I find myself in this place. That God has told me to do a number of things, and I believe I didn't get the response. I was supposed to get the response because when he spoke, it was 3 p.m. When I got up and did it, it was 3 a.m. And so the hour was wrong. And see, God has this way of the way that he does everything happens in rhythm. When he says speak, he knows that he has prepared the heart of the person to go at the moment that he tells you to move. And if you don't move at the moment that he tells you to move, often we miss opportunities for ourselves because we have doubted not only us, but God. And in the past, I've said I've I've been in prayer. I'm like, God, I I don't doubt you. I doubt me. But in doubting me hearing his voice correctly, I'm doubting him. Because let's think about it. If you have a relationship with somebody, you know their voice. I can tell my mother's walk 
from halfway across a building. I can tell you, I can hear her coming, and I know that that is my mama. I know the way that my father's keys jingle. We can be in a building full of people, but I know that my daddy has walked in the building because of the way that his keys jingle. I know the way that my sister operates. And friends close to me, I am so familiar with them that I can tell them out of a busy, crowded crowd of people of lookalikes. Why? Because we've spent time together. And so if we've spent time with God, we know his voice. There are moments I can go back and recall and I can tell you point blank it was God speaking. There have been times where I've been like, oh, was it God or was it not? But there are times when I know without a shadow of a doubt that it was God. Because I know his voice. And in those moments when God says move, you have to move. You know, I've complained about a friendship that I don't really understand the state of it. Um, and, and, And I've probably spent the last six months trying to understand why God is doing what he's doing in that friendship. Um, because he won't let me walk away. And I, I, I've, I've toyed with that. He won't let me walk away. But I don't understand the state of the relationship. And so I asked God, I, I said, God, I don't understand. Well, months ago, he gave me a command. He said, you need to go talk and you need to go tell all the whole truth. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and it wasn't that I was lying to this friend. Uh, it was just some things that I did not want to share. I don't want to do that. And so I put the pillow over my head like, I, and I knew it was God. It, it, was, it was so indistinguishable. It was God. It was nobody but God speaking. Yeah. And, and, and I've come to this place where I'm familiar with his voice. I know his voice. There are times when, when Nicole speaks, when I speak, but, but I know the voice of God. God spoke, and I didn't want to do it. And so, you know, I put the, I put the pillow over my head, and... Um, the next day, I, I, I toyed with calling the whole day. Y'all know I freaked out. Oh, I freaked out like nobody's business. Now, this is a friend that I travel with. This is a friend that I spend time with. We've been friends for a few years. Um, you know, we, we have a relationship. And I, I didn't want to make that phone call. Oh, I didn't want to make that phone And the phone call was just a phone call to set up a time to meet up so we could talk. And I spent, I spent that whole day trying to call. I'm standing in my office at the church in the middle of vacation Bible school trying to figure out how to call. Now granted, we call, we travel, we have deep conversations, we go sit out in 30 degree weather and eat ice cream, we have rapport. But I didn't want to make that one particular phone call. And because in my logical self, in my mind, I knew that it was going to bring some ramifications that I didn't want to deal with. And I'm, I'm there now. But God spoke very clearly in a moment. He said, you need to do this. And so I fought with that thing all day until I didn't call, but I sent a text. Or well, he said, call. I sent a text. And that text didn't get a response until that later that evening, the, the next evening. So we, we're on 72 hours from when God has spoken because of my fear and what I'm afraid of. Sometimes we find ourselves in situations um, where God says move. And when God says move, moving does not mean move on your own terms. It means move right now. You know, if, if, if a building is about to collapse, but you're unaware that the building is about to collapse and somebody says move and you hear clear as day, move, you move because you, 
you uh, you don't you don't want to get crushed, but you don't know that you're being crushed. All you know is this person sees that you need to make a move. And if you stand there and you argue with them, you run the risk of being crushed. Or I, I, th- I go back and think about growing up in my parents' home uh, and how um, my mom would say, take down the chicken before I get home so that I can cook. Now, it didn't happen often because she doesn't cook that much. But when it happened, often we were preoccupied with something else. And about 4.45 would roll around and or we'd hear the garage door coming up and it would dawn on us that nobody has taken the chicken down and you can't unthaw chicken that quick. We are doomed. Or she would say, take out the trash. Now, we knew that the trash came early in the morning, but in the summertime, it seemed like he would come at nine and that is seven like we were in school. So when she would leave the house around 730, uh, wasn't nobody in a rush to get up and Mr. Miss, go get take the trash out. Well, you lay in the bed too long, you hear them squeaking wheels coming down the hill. You've missed the trash man. Now you're running out the house trying to meet him because if she gets home and that trash was not on the street, we, it's going to be hell to pay. And see, sometimes I think it's important that we understand that obedience requires immediate obedience. Because delayed obedience is still disobedience. He said, move. You're still sitting there. He said, Go. You, you, you don't stop. You know, my little sister, when she was a baby, you know, we were night and day. If my mom told me to sit somewhere, I sat until she came and relieved me. If it didn't matter who was playing, who was around, how many, how many grown folks said, come on, Nicole, get up, get us go, let's go, let's go. And I didn't, I wasn't trying to hear it. My mama said, stay, stay put. And since my mama says, stay put, I'm going to stay put until mama uh, comes and says that I can get up. Well, my little sister was a little bit different. Uh, her, th- her, her, her thought process on it. Well, I sat, let me get up. <laughs> I've already done that. Let's move on. And so she would come back and she'd be like, Aaron, I told you to sit. I did. And so obedience not only requires an immediate response, it requires a response that follows through. Sometimes God says, go to that land. And we, we go, we don't want to stay there. You know, it reminds me of Abraham. God sends him to Canaan the first time. He goes to Canaan and then famine comes. Now, God has provided this land. He has promised that you're going to have descendants in this land. He's promised that you're going to have milk and honey. He's promised that you're going to have wonderful, wonderful things to come out of it. And as soon as things get hairy. Now, I mean, this God is speaking to you before this. You don't know that you don't know a God, but this God is speaking to you. And he's telling you that he's going to provide for you in this land, that he's going to give you this land. You're going to live in houses that you didn't build. You're going to have wondrous things. He's going to bless you indeed. You're an old man, but you're going to have a seed. Many nations will come from you and it's going to come out of this land. But as soon as famine comes, you run to Egypt because Egypt looks like the place you should be. It looks like they have food, but God didn't command you to go to Egypt. So Abraham finds himself in this situation where his wife picks up this woman, Hagar, which kind of presents some issues later because then they get off the plan of God again. Obedience not only requires us to move at once, but obedience also requires that we stay where God has told us to go until we leave. I've watched people leave jobs. I've watched people leave uh, their families. I've watched people leave their um their churches, and God didn't say leave. How do I know God didn't say leave? Because everything they touched began to fail. 
Everything that they touched screamed instability. Everything they touched seemed to go opposite of how things were going. And because somebody made you uncomfortable, because somebody made you mad, because you were put in a situation that you didn't understand, you find yourself in situations that are hairy, that are could be avoided. If Abraham would have stayed in Canaan during the, the famine, I believe God would have provided. God, no point did God say, go to Egypt. At no point. He says, he said, I'm giving you this, make your home here. But his lack of faith caused him to abandon his obedience. Don't be that person. I'm telling you, 2018, it's going to be a challenge for me because I'm one of the most logical people you'll meet. I'm spiritual. I believe in the Lord. I believe in his power. I believe that he can move mountains and he can cause walls to fall. I believe that he can do the unthinkable and the unimaginable, but I'm also very logical. I'm very human. And and and, and that may be the difference between me and some other preachers, but I'm, I'm going to be real. I'm very logical. Very logical. And I, I look at, I analyze these scriptures not only from through a spiritual guise, but through a logical guise. And that's why I love it. That's why I love it. Now, you have to go deep, but that's why I love it. Because whenever you can look at something spiritually and logically, and it makes sense, I believe this. I believe it's a marriage made in heaven. That's why I love the word. But I'm very logical. And some people don't think that you can marry logic and spirituality. I was listening to Elon Musk a few months ago, and he didn't think that religion and uh, and science could coexist. And he didn't understand that, science, that, <laughs> that God is the creator of science. Uh, but he hasn't looked at it. He hasn't studied it. He, he doesn't have a rapport with it. And I say all of that to say this, that at with while I'm looking at this word spiritually and logically, that obedience for me is going to be a difficult, a difficult place to be immediately obedient. Because at some point I'm going to have to abandon the logic to receive more. I'm going to have to move. He says, go, I got to go. He says, call, I got a call. You know, this weekend, and, and I don't do a lot of, I, I apologize. I'm, I'm really good about apologizing. But after somebody has hurt me, usually I try to justify them hurting me with, with however foul I, I was. And, and I'm going to be transparent with you. I have some dog ways. Um, I do. I'm very blunt. I'm very forthright. Now, if you, if you approach me, uh, I'm very, I, I rather, I rather be honest and forthright with you than cherry coat. I mean, you know, pe- candy coat, anything, because that's what I crave. I crave you to tell me what you're thinking. Tell me what's on your mind. Do not, don't, don't sugarcoat it for me. Tell me what it is and what it isn't. And let's be able to fix the situation. That's who I am. That's who I've been. And so this, this idea of being obedient immediately, um, it's going to be scary because there are going to be moments where I'm going to have to up- approach some things that I didn't want to approach. This weekend, I ha- I apologized to somebody I haven't talked to in two years, almost three years. Um, and this person did me wrong, lied on me, did some terrible things, but I did some wrong things too. And I never accepted responsibility or apologized for those things because the things that they did to me, I perceived as worse. And because I perceived the things that they did to me as worse, I just wrote it off. But God spoke and he said, you need to apologize. And for the first time in my life, I pulled out my phone and apologized immediately. And I felt better. It's not, I know, and, and, and it blew me away. I felt better because this was the year of immediate obedience. Felt better. The conversation went well. And I've been in those situations where I've apologized and they did not receive it well. 
this morning. God told me to cut a cut something off. He said, you got to get them out of your life and you need to be blunt about it. Don't, don't, don't block them. You need to give them closure. You crave closure, give them closure. So I sent a message and I told the truth. I said, you're wasting my time. I, I wish you all the best. I hope that you thrive. I hope that you get all that your heart desires, but your desires and my future are not mutually exclusive. And you know what? It was well received. These moments where I get this anxiety and I, and I begin to worry that this is not going to be well received because I know that I can be a butt. And I, and I think that's important. That if you can be a butter, you know that you have ways. I think it's important that you know that you have some ways. And and, and I've got a new podcast coming out, Relationship Goals. I'll, I'll drop the date soon. And we're going to deal with that. You need to know you. You need to know that if you got ways, you need to know that you have ways. Because how are you going to go into a relationship with another human being and you don't know that you got some ways? You know, how are you going to be able to nurture somebody else and you don't know that you don't know how to do that? You know, I'm, I'm quick to tell you that's not my when things are not my forte. Look, I love the piano. I play the piano. I love to preach. I'll preach. I love to talk. I'll talk. I love to write code. I'll code. I, I like uh, cinematography. I like that. I like to binge watch Grey's Anatomy. I've probably watched it five or six times all the way through all the seasons since I've been in college. I love to do that. I like to build furniture. I like construction. I like finance. I like economics. But I, I, I like sweet stuff like cake and cinnamon rolls, but I can't bake. And I will be the first person to tell you I can't bake. You ain't going to have to hear through the grapevine that I can't bake. You'll hear from me. I can't bake. But I surround myself with people who can bake because I like brownies and I like cinnamon rolls and I like lemon bars. But I, I, it doesn't matter how I switch it. The only thing that I've successfully baked was biscuits. And that's what they say is hard. But I think it's because I tried so hard. But I know that I struggle in that area. So before you hear from anybody else that I can't bake, I'll tell you I can't bake. But the only way that I can I can come to have that self level of self-actualization in myself, I had to come to understand that that's not a forte of mine. I got a lot of strengths. I have a lot of strengths. I love to swim, love to go rock climbing, love to ride my bike. Not a fan of running, but I need to get better at it. But I will be the first to tell you where I struggled. My parents, when I was a kid, actually took me to the park to teach me how to run <laughs> because I was that uncoordinated. You know, I was great at karate. Got my black belt. Was the youngest person in the state of Alabama to have a black belt at the time. Did it in, in a wonderful amount of time. Built up my confidence like nobody else. Never. I'm, I'm, I'm rarely afraid to go anywhere. Strong. Love being strong. Love being able to maneuver my body and yours. But running is not a strong suit of mine, and it's never been a strong suit of mine. I, I remember them taking me to the park at 7 or 8 because they were embarrassed that they had a child that was struggling to run. And it wasn't that my legs didn't work. It was that I was just awkward in that, in that way. Wasn't awkward when it came to karate. Wasn't awkward when it came to golf. But I was awkward in that way. Know your faults. But we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that um, on relationship goals um, and on some new projects. I'm really excited about 2018. I think if you will hang in here with me, I'm going to try my best to hear from God so that we can, we can have some very important conversations across these platforms, across uh, life school and, and Bible school and, and, and relationship goals when it comes out. 
And um, whatever projects God opens up for me to do this year, I'm really excited about doing whatever he has put in front of me. But this is the year for me of immediate obedience. Now, I think you need to get in front of God and find out where your weaknesses are. Like I said, that's a weakness of mine. Being obedient wasn't the problem. I was going to do what he said do. I was going to go where he said go. But it took me too long to get up and go. Immediate obedience. That's my thing. What is your thing? What are you doing in 2018 to make you better? Because here's the thing as a Christian, you, you, you really can't go. You, there is no remaining the same. You either got better or you got worse. You either got stronger or you got weaker. You either went down the right road or you went the wrong road. There, there is no maintaining the same. There's not a maintenance plan. You're either excelling or you're degressing. So in 2017, what did you do? What are you, where, where did you go? What doors got bigger? You know, the end of the, the end of 2017, every, at the end of every year for maybe the past six, seven years, I go and I, I write, I write something and I always label it looking into whatever year. So this year was looking into 8, 2018 on, on New Year's Eve. And that day I always go back and I reflect, uh, what kind of year I had. And I, I, I read the years prior and I look at my growth and I, and I thank God for growth. But I look at my growth and then I begin to plan for 2018. So I reflect on 2017 and I plan for 18 and I and I make declarations. And in some years, um, I fell short. But what's interesting in the things that I put before God is he never fell short. Even when he didn't do quite what I asked him to do, he did exactly what I asked. Does that make sense? He, you know, in my mind, I guess I wrote, Lord, I want you to do X, Y, Z. And he did X, Y, Z, but he didn't do X, Y, Z the way that I expected him to. And it's always amazing to me to go back and to look at the things that he has done and the doors he's opened and the opportunities that he's afforded me because he is faithful. Um, But here's the thing. He's faithful. He's never fallen short. I've never fallen short with him. But in his faithfulness, how faithful am I? Okay. I think we, we, we go and we praise and we worship God about his faithfulness. We go and we thank him for being uh, all that he is. But a relationship requires faithfulness on both parts. And that's what we're in search of, right? Relationship with God. And if we're in search of relationship with God, don't we think it's necessary that we, we approach him as if we were really in relationship with him? It requires something hard. It requires for us to work. It requires for us to go great lengths. It requires for us to be great, to be strong, to be wise, to be wonderful. But it requires for us to do what he has asked. If he's going to do what we ask, don't we need to do what he's asked? But yes, set your goals. This is going to be a great year if you make it a great year. You know, I sit back and and I'm, I'm getting ready to finish, but... I sit back every year in 2016. Everybody talked about how terrible 2016 was. 2016 was a marvelous year for me. People sat back and complained about how terrible 2017 was. Well, I'm going to be real with you. 2017 was not a bad year. Now, some things happened that I don't like and I don't understand, and me and God are still warring, warring that out. I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to come to a place where I get it. But 2017 was a great year, and I want to tell you why. 2017 was a great year. I got ordained to preach the gospel. Y'all, I have, I have been, I, was, I felt callings in my life, and I don't say I accepted the call, but since I was eight, 
to preach the gospel. I've been doing public ministry of some sort since I was 11 years old. Now, not necessarily a preacher of, of sorts, but teaching and, and, and doing motivational speaking and being invited to be on people's programs since I was 11 years old. Operating in ministry for a long time. Um, and, and then, you know, so all of these years, you know, since I was 11, I mean, well, let's, if we go back to the time that I was eight, that's 14 years. I've been waiting more, more than half of my life to reach or to be ordained. And at some points, I didn't think it was ever going to come. Um, and it happened, went through the coursework. It happened, uh, was catechized and was conferred ordination. Milestone. Uh, probably next to my wedding day, if it'll happen. Uh, that's probably one, it'll probably go down as one of the, the most important days of my life. Um, I traveled, went on a trip that changed my life, changed the way that I look at God, the way that I look at people, um, and and had a marvelous time that spring. Went to New York City for the first time. Know that I don't want to live there, but I saw it. I, I went to New York City for the very first time. Um, went on a few other small trips that were refreshing. Uh, wrote a book, released a new book that I'm really proud of. Really proud of that book. That book, I, I am really proud of that book. Um, Pregnant with Possibility, if you hadn't got it going. Started not one, but two podcasts. Um, and, and birthed a lot of things. Did an internship that, you know, although it didn't work out the way that I thought, it was groundbreaking. It has opened up more doors for me. And so even though there's something huge that is on my mind every single minute of every single day that I don't understand, that me and God are warring with and I don't get it and I'm trying to understand, but maybe I'm too stubborn to understand, um, it was a good year. And so I think a lot of times we reflect on the, the bad, but we miss the good. Oh, it was a good year. Bad things happened, but it was a good year. And I'm willing to say that every day is like that. It was a good day. Bad things happened, but it was a good day. Um, from the smallest things to the largest things. And I think that we need to reflect that way. But as we look at the good and the bad, we need to project what we want to see. Um, and we need to speak what we want to see God do on our behalf. And if we'll be careful to do that, I, I believe we've got a wonderful year ahead of us. I believe that doors are about to fly open. I believe we're about to be swimming in head-swimming blessings. And God is just about to bless us indeed. Until next time, I'm Reverend Kojo. Now look, check out ReverendKojo.com. There's new content daily. Uh, It's a new year, new season. That means there's new stuff coming. You know, I I don't believe in sitting still. I believe that if God is working and breathing, we've got to be working and breathing too. Um, And we know that he is a man that he should not lie. He He doesn't slumber nor sleep. And although our bodies need to sleep, we need to make sure that we are amplifying uh, the time that we have to do what he has called us to do. Y'all be blessed. I'm so glad. I'm so glad to be back. Um, Let's do this, y'all. This is life, and this is 2018. This has been Life School.